Hello lovely mamas and welcome to Bump to Mum, a podcast focused on the fourth trimester and beyond. I'm your host Emma, I'm a mum to Louie and passionate about creating a community for mums at all stages of motherhood. On this podcast I'm going to share with you conversations with other mums in New Zealand. We're going to learn from professionals, ask questions, find answers, share experiences and laugh and cry along the way as we all try to navigate the maze which is motherhood. My hope is that this podcast will provide you with comfort, answers, laughter and just feel generally less alone in your motherhood journey, however new or far along you may be. So let's get into this week's episode. Episode one, the very first episode. Um, I'm super excited to be here introducing myself to anyone that has chosen to tune in. So a big hello to you. Um, Hope this is going to be okay. We'll see how we go. Um, But yeah, I'm just going to give you a bit of an overview of me, myself, my life, my family, um, and what I envision for this podcast uh, moving forward. So I live here in Tauranga, New Zealand. I live with Luke, my husband, um, our two fur babies, Arlo and Austin. Arlo is a toy cavoodle and Austin is a schnauzer. Um, And our beautiful son, Louis, who joined us in August 2022. So he's nearly five months old at the time I'm recording this. Um, It's, you know, New Year's Eve today, first New Year's Eve with a baby, so as you can imagine, it's going to be wild, there's going to be festivals, um, which that just couldn't be further from the truth, I'll probably be asleep by 10pm if I'm lucky, um, but we're enjoying a really nice, warm Kiwi summer here, um, taking Louis to the beach, dipped his toes in the water, doing all that fun stuff, lots of walks, um, yeah, and just, I guess enjoying getting out more now he's just that little bit bigger we've got a bit of a routine it's been really fun and I'm just loving double parenting as well loving having Luke off work and sharing the load Um, it's been a lovely wee break so um, prior to being a mum I think it's important to remember that I did have a life before Louis so I worked in a, a legal tech company Um, I was in their people and culture team focusing on talent acquisition so hiring people both within New Zealand locally and also overseas in the US, UK, Europe um, and Asia. So I grew up in New Zealand, Luke and I both actually grew up here in Tauranga, amazing place to grow up. we didn't actually meet here, although our parents knew each other, which is just a classic for New Zealand. I think anyone can relate to that. Um, and we met in Auckland when we were both, you know, starting our careers there. Decided that, hey, let's go go somewhere else. So we moved to Sydney um, after only dating each other for like six or seven months, I think. So pretty crazy when you think about it. And we arrived in Sydney. We thought we'd be there for a couple of years and then go further. But we just absolutely fell in love we were living in Bondi Beach we worked in the city we had our weekends and mornings and evenings by the beach and it was just the perfect lifestyle for us Um, so we ended up being there nearly four years Um, but what happened I guess with a lot of people is when COVID hit 2020 kind of made us assess our situation we'd got engaged earlier that year and we had a wedding planned for 2021 and it was kind of a you know do we push the wedding off or do we come home and I think at that point we were both ready to be home and be closer to family and friends so we packed up our life in Sydney which included our dog Arlo who we had got over there flew him home um, and we joined later after doing our um, MIQ stay so we were home for Christmas and end of 2020 and yeah been here in Tauranga since definitely have laid down some roots here now so a wedding another dog a house 
and now Louis, <laughs> you could say the roots are very deep here. I come from a blended family, so I have my older brother, a younger sister, mum, dad, um, stepdad, and three step siblings. So have grown up in the modern day Brady Bunch. Have always just you know had a lot of people around. Love the banter of a big family, um, but yeah, it's you know a bit chaotic at times. But it's always a, it was always fun. Um, had the kind of best memories with that big family um, growing up. So. My mum and sister, I have very close relationship with. Um, they both live here in Tauranga, um, and we, you know, probably see each other every other day. Probably more so now that Louis here, because they just always want to come for a visit. Probably more to see him than me, but that's cool. Um, and I'm really hoping I can actually get my mum onto this podcast. We'll see how we go, but she's, you know, been a mother to three, a mother to three step siblings. She's a nurse, and she's just been a rock me my whole life but I think even more so since Louis' arrival I think you really realize um once you become a mum how much more you even you know I appreciated my mum before don't get me wrong but just how much more I appreciate everything she's done so we'll see if she'll agree to that I'm not too sure yet <laughs> um but yeah I guess let's talk about a little bit about my journey to becoming pregnant and, and Louis coming into this world um my, I guess Luke and I kind of decided to, to start trying or as, I guess, stop preventing having a baby. Um, I think that was more of a mind trick for us. We didn't want to put too much pressure on it. So we were like, oh, we'll just see what happens. We won't, we won't plan anything, but we were planning. We were tracking my cycle. We knew when I was ovulating. Um, so yeah, we were trying and yeah, first month, nothing but second month which was so much quicker than we had expected you know we'd planned to be trying for a while and um second month we became pregnant um so that was kind of a shock um and an excitement all at once and then first trimester for me you know just the general nausea not feeling great it was summer it was this time last year and it was hot and yeah I just kind of wanted to be at home and aircon, um, but you know not too bad and then just as the pregnancy continued and I got bigger and bigger just that feeling of being uncomfortable and over it by the end but no no complications all very healthy um, for for so you know that was amazing um, and I always you know kind of feel bad saying this because I know so many people who can't get pregnant would do anything to be pregnant so you know take this but I, I'm, I'm and I was so grateful to be pregnant but I just didn't like being pregnant and it, it was just I think for me more the mental than the physical um I just didn't feel myself um and that was from the first day it wasn't you know at a point in the pregnancy I just stopped feeling myself it was really from the start so it felt like a really long nine months and I think I just didn't realize the toll that being pregnant has on your body and mind um Again, first time being pregnant, how, how can you know? Um, so I think it was also just a bit of a, a shock for me. Like, oh, okay, this is actually, this is pretty tough. Um, you know, my sleep was pretty bad the whole way through. And, you know, everyone's like, it's preparing you for the baby. But that doesn't really help when you're like wide awake between 2 and 4 a.m. And to be fair, you know, it did help. But um, <laughs> I would have preferred the sleep at the time. Um, I actually spoke about 
my pregnancy and my birth in a lot of detail with Jordan from Kiwi Birth Tales. Um, so I'll include a link in the show notes to that episode. So give that a listen if you want to find out more about the details, the nitty gritty, um, all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah, I'll have a, have a listen to that one. But I guess high level of my birth was that my waters broke at 39 weeks and three days. I didn't start having contractions um, at any sort of regular interval or getting closer together. So the next morning I was induced with the Syntocin drip um, in Tauranga Hospital and we got an epidural on board at the same time just because with that drip, you know, your movement's limited and so your pain relief options are also limited in terms of being able to move and be in the water. Um, from that point, my epidural only worked on one side. So I had one side that it had worked and I couldn't feel anything and the other side I had a lot of feeling and unfortunately pain. <laughs> um, but in, in saying that it was relatively quick from there, so I was induced at about midday and Louis was born at 7.40pm on the 7th of August. Um, he weighed 7 pounds and 6 ounces, so he was a healthy wee boy and um, I did need in the end an episiotomy and a von Tuss just for the last two contractions to get him out because he had his um, thumb in his mouth. <laughs> Yay for me. But um, yeah, after that we, we quickly finished up in the hospital and were transferred to birth care later in the morning, um, early hours of the morning and had a couple of days there which was just absolute bliss. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about, I guess, Louis' arrival, but definitely listen to that episode if you can. Um, but I guess more around why I wanted to start this podcast, and I think it's it probably speaks to a lot of people. Um, I spent so much time while I was pregnant researching and learning about the birth of my baby and everything around that. Um, also a lot of research into what sort of pram I wanted, which car seat, um, all the little things that I was going to buy, the cot... Um, you know, spending hours decorating the nursery and folding Louis's clothes um, and everything that was in preparation for Louis's arrival. But I didn't really spend any time looking into anything beyond that. Um, I had regular appointments with my midwife, attended antenatal classes, did a hypnobirthing course. I felt so ready to be a mum. I was kind of like, right, ready for this baby to come. Like, come at me. I'm, I'm going to nail this. Um, and it wasn't till after Louis was born, and probably it, was a, it wasn't even in those early newborn days, but kind of sprung me that there was so much I didn't know. Um, and I knew I didn't know some stuff, but I did re really didn't have a, have a grasp on how much. And, you know, it was really hard to know where to start with things like sleep and awake windows and car seats and teething and introducing baby to solids and these things people call talk about called leaps like what what is a leap a development leap overtired versus undertired how to avoid that um and the list just goes on and on and on i'm only really skimming the surface here but trying to get your head around all of this while being very sleep deprived and also hormonal <laughs> is very overwhelming um and where I found comfort was not actually looking online and trying to find articles because if anything that just makes you more stressed and head in a spin but it actually just came from speaking with other mums um my mum mums I'd met in baby groups and antenatal group and that's really where the idea of bumped mum 
was born. So the fourth trimester and beyond is a time of constant change and challenges. And there's no one there telling you what you should be doing and when you should be doing. And it's really just trial and error. And every baby is different. So I think this is the best approach. However, it can be overwhelming for a first-time mum. And I think sometimes just voicing what you're going through or finding out what's working from for another mum with their baby can provide all the answers um, and support you need at that moment. Um, so yeah, this is this is my hope for this podcast. It will be a virtual mums group for you, a place to listen, share, learn, laugh, cry, and feel comforted that you're not alone in this journey. Every baby is so different, so I am no way saying that this will provide you with all the answers, and I'm not advocating for any particular approach. These are just honest conversations with other mums and professionals. You can pick and choose what you take. Um, it might be the you know. The, the exact thing that you needed to try and it's going to work for you and it might not but I think this is what we're all going through and it's just nice to see what other people are doing you know might hear us through and you think oh my god your baby does that as well my baby does that and you know that's one thing I've really realized is that most babies are doing similar things they are different but there's lots of similar things and um, it's so nice just to hear what works for other other families so I guess I should kind of cover off of where we're at with Louis at the moment so like I mentioned, he's four and a half months old at the moment. Um, the last month and a half has definitely been my favorite. The first three months, I think, I was in a state of kind of trying to figure out where we're at, understanding him, figuring out how to be a mum, get all that kind of sorted. And I was just a little bit on edge. Um, but at that three-month mark, I felt like we'd really gotten a rhythm I understood him, I understood his different cries, what he needed, what he wanted, uh, how long he would be awake for before he probably needed a nap and that's probably why he was grizzly um, and he's just such a chill, smiley boy, like don't get me wrong, we have our moments, um, it's not all rainbows but he is just a happy, um, happy-go-lucky baby, um, loves going out and about, loves seeing new faces. Um, you can definitely tell now that he's recognizing some faces and gets more excited um, than to see those faces again. But yeah, he'll hand out a smile to anyone. We'll be in our cafe in the morning getting our coffee and someone will walk in who's never met him or seen him before and say hello and he gives them a big grin and um, it's kind of cool how you can see that just makes someone's day. Um, but in saying that, we have been through a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a bumpy patch in the last few weeks. Um, in the lead up to Christmas, you know, Louis' sleep was pretty all over the show. He was a classic for just doing a 30, 40 minute nap in the day, um, having, you know, four of those. I was rocking him to sleep or feeding him to sleep or he was in the pram or the front pack. He wasn't self-settling and um, I felt like sometimes my whole day was trying to get Louis to sleep for him to only sleep. 20-30 minutes and I was just getting exhausted um he was sleeping pretty good at night like he was only waking once or twice but he was getting more difficult to put down to sleep which in hindsight is probably just he was just very overtired by not having decent sleeps in the day um so you know some nights he'd go down easy but we'd still be on edge thinking is he going to wake up after 45 minutes and then we're going to have to try again or you know we were just it was kind of all consuming so about 10 days out for Christmas, Luke and I had always discussed the fact that we would do some sleep training with Louis. Um, we had hoped to wait until, you know, after Christmas, New Year, but I kind of got to a bit of a, a breaking point one day and said, nah, that's it, we need to do this. Um, so we worked with Lucy from Sleep Scout and she 
really kind of just changed our life um, sounds very dramatic but it really has so we went with a in-room sleep approach so we were there to soothe Louis um, as he got upset and you know talk to him touch him there was you know a, a way that we did this in timings um, but we were there to support him through that um, and I, I, it wasn't easy those first few times of uh, implementing that was really really tough Louis was crying, I was crying, Luke was kind of holding it together for the team, um, but at no point did I think Louis was distressed, um, he was just obviously thinking what the heck's going on, usually you're rocking me or feeding me to sleep and now I'm just lying here in my cot and what's going on, so um, the first night we started on a Saturday night, that you know first time took 50 minutes for him to get to sleep by himself, um, the next night it had halved. Um, and the night after that, it was 10 minutes of a little grizzle and he was fast asleep. So I think what, you know, motivated us to keep going was how quickly he was picking up on it, how quickly he was learning. And by the third night, he slept right through the night. So 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And he has been doing that since. We haven't even had a little blip in the night yet, which is pretty incredible. Um... The day naps took a bit longer, like that definitely, and you know, we're still working on it with that, you know, long midday sleep. He settles for it, but um, still having to resettle him after about an hour, and you know, that was, Lucy explained to us, that's totally normal, it's always going to be easier with the night sleep, there's all the natural sleep hormones, and it's a bit harder in the day, um, but we've been sticking with it, we've been consistent, and as you know, it's just been, yeah, quite transformative for the whole family, we can put him down in his bed and within 10 minutes he's asleep there's no longer me rocking him and him getting overtired we stick to the schedule and and that's just working for us so well at the moment and yes it does mean that we need to be home more for his naps and that's kind of I guess dictating our day but I also just think that's you know I'm happy to do that if it means baby's happy we're happy we know when we can be out and about it's not like we're stuck to the house all day and we do that first nap in the pram when we're walking our dogs and um yeah it's just been quite amazing to have that time back and have our evenings back and i think as well just to see how much louis changed as well with having this extra sleep like he's just so he's always been a very animated smiley baby when he's awake but just even more so now and knowing he's getting that really good sleep that they need um kind of puts my mind at ease a bit as well so yeah sleep training big yes from us i know it's not for everyone and you know some people have some strong views on that but absolutely for us it was the way to go and no regrets it's been incredible one topic i am going to get every person on the podcast to talk about and because we've all had one or um you know we're about to have some soon if we've not got yet our baby earth side is um poo explosions so the biggest the you know the most inconvenient what is it so my one that kind of springs to mind with Louis was um bit of context Louis is a breastfed baby so can go you know it's normal to go quite a long time without pooing I'm told that's totally normal it still stresses me out but Louis had been five days without a poo um and I was getting on edge I knew it was going to come it could be any minute day where were we going to be what's he going to be wearing um had had a lovely walk up the mountain that morning with a girlfriend I just thought what a perfect way to start the day Louis had had a little snooze in the front pack we would got back in the car we were driving home 
and then I thought I heard like a, a loud fart kind of rattling and I was like no that's that's still going I think I think this is happening it's a poo so this was me kind of clicking into what was happening then I turned down the radio because I was like is that still really going and I had time to turn down my radio and that sound was still going strong and I just we were at a traffic light and I just looked back at him in the rear mirror and he was happy he was calm but the sound was still coming and it was a total poo explosion and there was nothing we could do we were in the car you know, I need to focus on the road, he was sweet, so I was like, right, well, we're just going to have to get home, hopefully you don't kick around too much and mush that in too far, but um, this is what we're doing, and got home, got him out of his car seat, yep, can confirm that had gone all the way out the back, all the way out the sides, it was everywhere, got him onto his change table, and quickly realised that no amount of baby wipe was going to clean this situation up, so time for the tub, got the bath out, dunked him in, his belly button had it all through, PJs he was in, because we always do the first, kind of, I don't really get him dressed until after his first nap, because, you know, why not, he's just a baby in a onesie, it looks not like he needs to wear proper clothes anyway um but yes it was everywhere but he had a lovely little bath this was all before about 8 30 in the morning i had dogs trying to get into it around me which just makes it all the more fun um but yeah that was our poo explosion story i am told that once you start solids um the poo explosions only get bigger and better and smellier um so yep can't wait for that that's going to be exciting but i'm also looking forward to hearing about all your poo explosion story i'm sure there's some real winners out there another thing i wanted to cover off and it's again something i'm going to cover off with everyone i get on the show is just sharing the biggest struggle or lesson learned um in your motherhood journey to date and the one that kind of stands out to me is trusting my instincts and my gut more. Um, I think there's so many times if I look back, if I had just done that from the outset, that would have got us in the right place regardless. Um, but it's that doubt and that questioning and, oh, is this the right thing? Oh, but that person's doing this, and but I'm doing this. Like, it just constantly, that's just the, the churn in your mind of what you should and shouldn't be doing. And I think, you know, if I just listen to myself, I know Luke and I know Louis better than anyone and you know we just need to be more confident in our decisions and I know as we go through this journey we will get more confident and um, I already can feel that in myself um, you know don't need to necessarily listen to people saying oh no he'll be fine he's been up for two hours he can sit up for another hour if I know in my bones and mind that no he's actually getting overtired and I just need to pack him up we need to go home and we're going to have a nap because if we don't and he does get overtired that's Luke and I at the end of the day and Louie that are going to pay the price of that not the person that says no you know keep him out longer he'll be sweet he's just a baby he'll sleep later if only that were true right I'm sure you guys can all relate to that one thing I'm very keen to get people's opinions and views on as well as um what is something they wish they knew now that they didn't know when they were maybe you know about to have their baby or in that newborn phase or whatever phase it may be um what they wish they knew which could have made their life so much easier so i'm going to share a couple of mine that i wish i wish i knew um or things you could do to prepare and one of them is and you know i'm going to be the sleep obsessed mum but 
just just do a bit of research into sleep and baby sleep because I had done zero. I just thought baby slept and to an extent they do, but there does come a turning point where they wake up to the world and you actually need to have a bit of an idea around baby sleep and how long they should be awake before they're overtired. Like I just didn't know anything about that and could have been a little bit more helpful especially as Louis was a newborn because there was times where he was so grisly and Luke and I'd be like, why is he still crying? And it was in hindsight probably because he was so overtired um, and needed to be asleep a good hour or so ago. So don't stress yourself out about it. Don't overdo it. But just have a little look in terms of timings. And, you know, newborns don't necessarily stick to a schedule, but I think just having that little bit of background knowledge um, can be so helpful, um, especially when you're too tired to kind of, you know, there were times when I think back and I'm like, oh, we should have just, we hadn't swaddled him. What were we doing? He would have just gone to sleep if we'd properly swaddled him as a baby. But you're just so tired and you don't have that perspective. You're just in it and you're in survival mode. So the more you can do before baby comes um, to educate yourself, I think is definitely the better because it is hard to do it when you're, when you're in the thick of it. Another thing I wish I knew, which is more related to me and myself, not Louis, um, is that you will, well you might not necessarily, but I definitely did, have horrific night sweats for like a month after the birth as those hormones start to drop. So you, well I did, I woke up in the middle of the night most nights, um, a hot sweaty mess, I had to sleep on a towel for a good month because I just got so over washing our sheets because I wasn't just a little bit sweaty, I was like had jumped in a pool and then lay in bed wet. Um, really nice when you're already dealing with everything else going along on post-birth. Um, yay, I got hemorrhoids once, don't know if anyone else did, um, but you've got all this other stuff going, then you've got night sweats, and I just thought, what the heck is happening to me? And then it wasn't until I said to my mum the next day, oh, I've been having night sweats. She was like, oh yeah, that's normal. Like, oh, cool, wish I knew that, because here was me thinking something was maybe seriously wrong with myself. And my final tip, and you know, I'm probably going to come out with more as I speak to more people and be like, oh yeah, that's that's such a good point. But one that also springs to mind, and it was a conversation I had with a, a girlfriend who recently had a baby, was around dummies. Um, my midwife gave me, you know, a piece of advice that's really stuck with me, was that if you packed your, a dummy in your birth care bag or whatever bag you're going to take to the hospital then you had every intention of using it and that is your decision as the parent if you want to use that dummy um I remember in birth care we were on that night where baby wakes up and the cluster feeding was real Luke and I hadn't slept a wink by like 3 a.m the midwife even tried to take Louis for an hour to give us a break but he just cried he wanted to be on me which was fine um so they brought him back and I had that dummy and I thought, you know, look, we've tried everything. Why don't we try the dummy? And one of the midwives at birth care kind of said, oh, you kind of want to hold off. You don't want to get nipple confusion. Um, and I was like, then kind of felt guilty. So we didn't use it that night. And then my midwife came in the morning and she was like, you packed it in your bag. You had every intention of using it. Use the dummy. If it's going to buy you a few hours sleep, that's an absolute win at the moment. And that night we used the dummy. We got some sleep. Um... And I know, you know, some babies might get nipple confusion, but Louie never has had nipple confusion. He will take my boob, he will take a bottle, he will take a dummy, he will take a thumb, he will take a hand, he will literally suck on his t-shirt. There's never been um, confusion. And it was actually amazing 
for us to be able to get him to use the dummy because sometimes it just meant that instead of me having to stop and feed him while we're out or pull over the car, the dummy would buy us like five minutes to get home and just settle him and um, yeah, and also don't bother with the trendy dummies when they're newborns because they just, they're not the same. Louie was on a good old Philips event that was the brand we used. I've had another mum say that that was the dummy that her baby take, took as well as a newborn. And as he got bigger and he, the, you know, he would take a trendy looking one. But yeah, at the start, he was just all about that. It's like a good classic dummy. Did not look cute in photos, but he was happy. So you go with it. Um, kind of sad. We actually had to go cold turkey on the dummy recently when we did the sleep training. Um, and I felt so mean <laughs> as I put all those dummies away. Um, but you know we had got to the point where it was falling out it would wake him up and he can't put it back in so that was actually super easy to go cold turkey on as well um he now just sucks his thumb so we have a thumb sucker and at least he can put that in as he needs it and um never lose it as well so it kind of has been a win-win for us there every episode i want to finish um with the guest with a, a question that was brought up to me actually in a baby group um, which was something Luke and I had never turned our minds to because, again, we were so focused on the birth and the arrival of Louis, but it was more around, as parents, the sort of values we wanted to, to bring Louis up with. Um, and it's, it's a really cool conversation to have your partner or whoever you're raising your child with or if you're doing it solo to, to just have a think about is what the, the values that um, you want your baby to have or your child to have and what's something you liked growing up that your parents did and what was something you didn't like that you want to make sure you don't do. Um, so Luke and I had this conversation one night and it was really interesting. Um, the, the big ones for us was, and this one actually came from Luke, it was a value he was brought up with, was you treat others how you want to be treated. Um, so that's one that we're definitely going to, to bring Louis up with um and also just the value around working hard like Luke and I both have parents that have worked hard for what they have and um as kids we had very you know loving full childhoods we got to do all the activities and sports and holidays um but that was you know our parents worked really hard for that and um we have the best memories because of that and we guess we just want to show Louis the, the the value in hard work you know things don't come for free you've got to work for them but also that you know the best memories are from those experiences so we'll do everything we can to make sure he gets to to have those things that we had as kids you know all the sports and you know going for a trip to the snow and it's such a fortunate thing to have in family holidays but um you know that's something that we hope that we can we can do for Louis. So I've just rambled on for a good 27 minutes by myself so that's frightening to think about what I'm going to be able to do when I actually have someone else to talk to but I'm really excited to be bringing this podcast to you. I hope it provides you with comfort and support and a laugh or a cry. Um, I even know just sometimes when you're at home alone with a baby all day, it's nice just to hear adult voices and hear people talking. You kind of feel like you're having a conversation as well. So you can flick this on and um, tune in while baby's having a nap or is on the floor and it's a bit of background noise. Um, So yeah really excited also please send in to me on either the instagram account um people you want to hear from topics you want me to cover if you have any questions specifically for me um you know in the next few episodes i'm going to be sharing conversations with some other mums in new zealand um looking at getting a few professionals in to talk about things like sleep um, a midwife 
and those sorts of um, topics. So really excited to be bringing those to you um, in the months to come. Thank you again for choosing to listen to me. Um, I think this is going to be an awesome online community for all us mums and dads as well. You know, dads are absolutely welcome to dial in. And I hope that Luke will do an episode with me. (laughs) We'll take some arm twisting, but we'll have a go just for dad's perspective as well. Um, But yeah, thank you and talk soon.